Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches, figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, how to get your work noticed, and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective, as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you, as well as a few of my own, and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble. finding your way to my sunny windowsill. As a matter of fact, it's not sunny at all today. It's very rainy and gray here in the Pacific Northwest on my little island, Vashon Island that I live on, but that's okay. It's cozy. And I had the opportunity to have a really, really great juicy chat with Bron Alexander. Bron is an artist, illustrator, clever, thoughtful person whose work I've followed for a while online. And she and I were DMing about a few things and we decided to share a few of her genius finds with you. Braun is a self-taught graphic design illustrator with over 20 years experience and a never ending passion for craft and curiosity that seemingly never rests. Over the years, she has struck a happy relationship between illustration and design work, where her design background influences her illustrations and her illustrations influence her design work. This has manifested in being able to become an effective editorial designer for magazines, create her own range of limited edition prints, greeting cards, and stationery, and most recently, the creation of digital resources for designers and product developers. And we talk a lot about this. This is really, really a juicy conversation. I know I've said that now at least three times, but Braun introduced me and is introducing you to a new or a newish app called Rebel. And it's, well, just listen up because she's going to tell you what it does. And again, she, the only reason she's sharing this is because she wants more people to know about it so that she has more people to talk to about it. So stay tuned for that. One of the other things we spend a good amount of time talking about is opportunity and sort of the fear that can sometimes hold you back. Don't be afraid to let it lead you where you need to go. Life possibilities, jumping in when it doesn't feel like you should. Bron is a lovely, lively new friend, and she's got some great information to share with you. So without further ado, I am so happy to have you with me here today, Ron. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, I'm just so delighted to be here and to chat to you. It's always so fun to to meet people or like to see people because often I'm seeing your artwork or maybe a line drawing of you or whatever. And it's like, there she is. (laughs) Or 
or worse, it's the uh, 5.30 a.m. New Zealand time relish uh, <laughs> Zoom. Right. And it's always just a static photo of me. And I'm like, <laughs> in reality, my hair is, you know, sticking up on end and I have baggy eyes and I'm like, not camera ready. <laughs> <laughs> not camera ready. You're allowed to be however you need to be. But you you, can, you all in, in listening land can't see her, but she looks lovely. Thank you. Yes. So you're all the way in New Zealand and I'm all the way here in, in the US. And, yes. um, you know, here's a question. How I just feel like I, I can't wait to come to New Zealand someday. I've not been. Um, but artistically, I feel like that I'm, you know, aware of a few great artists like you because of onlineness. But do you have a close community there that you can be in contact with people or is it more? Like the rest really. of us. I would say that there's um, a really good close-knit group of a few of us that kind of either know each other from doing markets because I've done markets, markets, markets for years on end. I yeah. think it's probably been about five years since I did a market, but I met so many cool yeah. people doing markets. Yeah. And so, you know, you follow people, um, keep in contact with them, and at the very least you might see them once a month and you have a catch-up. So that was just that was beautiful. And I've missed that so much yeah. since stopping markets. Um, and so Instagram's really fantastic. But but what's so funny is to um, not be aware of who's around you. So um, I was, you know, floored to go on to relish your creativity, this American, you know, group of creatives and to find another illustrator in my hometown in New Zealand, Chrissy <laughs> Rodder. <laughs> it's just, she's fantastic so that's that's just really funny and um, I hope her and I are going to catch up real soon because I just love her work I love her so much um yeah but I've always been really passionate um about finding other creatives in in my area and getting us together so um I used to work um for a magazine called Nourish in New Zealand Mm. it's a foodie magazine I was the creative manager of that and um through that, we used to have sort of like crafty pages and we used to introduce the arts into it. And I just started meeting all these incredible women in the region that I live in. And I was just like, wow, wow, wow. And mm. I was like, I want you to meet this person. I went, you know, I just wanted to get us all together because I was just like, this is just so incredible and special. Like what a special place we live in. And um, so we did for a while have um, a... Uh, an event called Women in Design, which I used to host mm. here in Hamilton. So, um, you know, it's it's very much in New Zealand, it's very much a boys club when it comes to art and design. So we really mm. wanted to, to focus on women. Um, you know, it's a little bit harder these days because you do want to be inclusive, but, but yeah. that sort of worked for a while. Um, and that sort of, unfortunately, it got shut down by the Auckland um, chapter that that ran it. And and that's another story. Mm. Um, So luckily, another um, opportunity came along with a web hosting company based in a little town close to where I live called Rocket Spark. And Mm. um, so, you know, Jason and I, Jason's the um, business manager for Rocket Spark. He approached me one day and he was like, hey, we're thinking of having this like artist get together, this creative get together. Um, Do you want to be part of it? Do you want to speak at it? And I was just like, yes, no, yes. Um, And so that was how this um, gorgeous little thing in Hamilton called um, Process was created. And Mm. so that's like every three months we get, um, you know, inspirational people from, uh, you know, around the Waikato and abroad we had the creative director of Spotify talk at one of our events. Nice. Um, and so, you know, that's another way for creatives to get together. So through that, you know, I'm still making connections with people and, you know, having that, that real great network, which I, I think is so important. Relationships are what's built my business. 
Um, and so, yeah, there's that, but but not so much in the surface pattern design. So that's very niche. And so I think it's it's still quite new in New Zealand. So I have to, to sort of seek out, um, mm. you know, people overseas to, to get that, um, that conversation that I need to have with those yeah. people. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I, I can totally relate to the markets because so many of my dear friends, when we schlep and set up a market or a wholesale yeah. market or whatever, that's you're going through different but similar things. So you can relate to these people and they get your process more than anybody else, you know, certainly more than yeah. your family who's just like, what, are, what is she doing now? Or whatever. My family so, yeah. and my helpers. <laughs> That's good. Sometimes it, it works and sometimes it doesn't, but yeah, I, it, it's, it's the, the friendships we gain, however we gain them are just so positive in this. They industry. really are. Yeah. It's, it's so great. And it's, I think when I first wanted a creative career, I sort of looked to sort of people for, you know, inspiration and I remember one lady saying all these about all these negative comments that she had when she had mm. a market store like oh I could create that or I'm going to do that mm. and that really put me off because I'm such a sensitive person like I'll really take that to heart but Margot it never happened I put myself out there and I've had nothing but love back from the community oh, and so good. it's been such a wonderful experience that I just implore anyone and everyone to do it to put your work out there because what are you scared of? Like, yeah, people, people are found are a lot kinder and you'll feel so humbled and, you know, proud of what you do there. I think it's just amazing. I really think, I mean, that's something that comes up over and over again. Right. But no matter who we are and where we are, when, when we're feeling a little bit nervous about it, or like just, it's, it's, it's sort of, you know, walking out, into something unknown. It's so nice to have that little boost of confidence or a, a yes, you could do this or, a, or just somebody mm. supporting it. And I really feel yeah. that that comes through so strongly in this industry is just people really, really supporting each other. And they, they really are. And um, yeah, no, I've just found it to be a really inclusive community and a pretty safe space. So yeah, yeah it's, it's just, it's lovely. It's exceeded all my expectations and I, and I just love it. So tell me how you came to this. Like, so you were saying you did some magazine, some magazine work. Mm, um, what's yeah. your sort of creative story? Well, I was thinking about that knowing that the podcast was coming up. And so I've been, I guess, reflecting quite a bit. Um, I, I was a creative person, I guess, as a teenager, I started, you know, making things and, and wanting to do stuff with my hands and, and be a creator, but that was just you know, like a hobby. Um, and I actually, oh, I got pregnant when I was 15. And so that was life changing. I got, uh, I turned 16 one Monday, I got married that Friday. It was, oh it was pretty much how it was. So, so yeah, that sort of changed my life. And so I think that, you know, I was a dancer back then. I, I was really into dancing and my idea about my life was that I was going to grow up and have a dance studio, mm. you know, so that in itself, I guess, was creative. Um, but then I had my daughter and, you know, life just, just happened. Um, and then sadly I got divorced and then I got remarried again, but the time I was 21 and had another baby. So a whole, you know, big portion of my life was just gone to, to raising kids and, mm. and all that sort of thing. Um, and then when, my kids were a bit older. I started, you know, wanting to create little things to put in their room. They're both girls and wanted to make them pretty. Um, I also got into house renovating. And so I used to um, create 
artworks to that were cheap, you know, cheap and cheerful using test pots and things like that to go on yeah. the wall just to make my house look a little bit more presentable. Um, and at about that time as well, I started, or actually it was in the early 90s, I started working at my local, it's called the uh, Tafari Tonga in New Zealand, which means um, uh, house of precious objects, I guess. Nice. And um, so when I was there, I actually got my first lessons in design using Microsoft Word. Um, <laughs> So I used to do all the typing for the graphic designer, you know, um, so I used to do all his prep work. And so when we started talking about design, we were all sort of, there was a group of us, we were all young and crazy and worked at the museum and it was this fantastic life we led. And he sort of taught me about leading and kerning and these kinds of uh -huh. things. And so I discovered a passion for design when I was there. Nice. And then I used to jump on his computer and try to teach myself freehand. And this is yeah. back in the days where there were no, you know, there was no YouTube tutorials. And so it was just like you had to figure it out yourself. Um, so, yeah, I really got into design back then. Um, and then I think my first sort of, well, I got given these opportunities. I don't know how, but people let me loose with their marketing and their design and I used to experiment a lot. I used to design these little posters for a nightclub in Dunedin, which was in a different island to where I live in New Zealand. Um, then I, yeah, so I really got into design and then sort of marketing went along with it. And I started doing marketing and design for companies and that went on for quite a while. Um, eventually, I ended up working as the creative manager for a fashion designer who had a magazine about mm. women in business. Um, so I brought a lot of art into that. And it was kind of at that stage where I started using stock illustrations and I sort of thinking to myself, you know what? I don't want to be using someone else's mm -hmm. art in my work. I want to create it. Nice. Um, and so, yeah, that's how that awareness, I guess, of um, illustration or editorial illustration sort of, you know, became something. Um, so I started creating prints and greeting cards. Um, from there, I actually moved to working for a print company, which was just like. That's handy. Yeah, every paper files dream. So I was just in my happy place. So I started making my own line of stationery and prints. And that's when I started doing markets. And that just all took off. Um, not long after that, I got approached by a company who um, did these like one-off sales. And I would, you know, sell 100 pieces of art in a couple of days. And wow. it was all just, yeah, going crazy. So um, that was mad. And then I went and worked... Um, in another agency doing more sort of technical drawing. So I really brushed up on my technical mm. skills. And then I went and worked on the foodie magazine. Um, so then I got sort of, um, you know, got to do more illustrations and I, um, I got to do a lot of food styling. And so that's sort of evident my process is mm. kind of on my many Instagrams. You can sort of see where all these things sort of happened. Um, and I think it was about then that I started, you know, finding more digital ways of, working and that's how I came up with um, finding Rebel which is this amazing digital platform which I can only describe as procreate on speed which yeah, I've been harassing I, you about you have and I I love I'm gonna um I want to jump to that but I just how fortunate or you know wise choices of you to ma have made to to kind of align yourself with these companies that were really teaching I mean you probably was like didn't know what you were going to learn there at the time but fashion and business and food and printing and, you know, and to be able to illustrate to those and kind of say, I want to try this now. And that is just a great 
fortuitous kind of mix of jobs yeah. and experiences. Fortuitous is the word. Like I honestly feel like I've been so lucky. Like I don't, I don't, yes, I have drive. I'm a really hard worker. Um, but I think that, I think that for me, when I look back, all I see is that I've changed jobs a few times. Mm-hmm. And what that really comes down to is my values. And so if I've wanted to work for a few people. I've managed to work for them. And when I've realized that their company values or their personal values haven't aligned to mine, I've left. And so quite often, yeah, <laughs> it's hard to do. Yeah. yeah, especially when you've got a mortgage to pay, kids yeah. to feed. You know, it's quite a scary thing to do. But um, I feel really strongly about those values. And so that's that's probably led me to, to be in situations that I haven't either looked for or expected, yeah. but have just ended up wonderfully you know, teaching me a really broad range of skills that that means that, you know, I'm quite adaptable and have had to adapt to change or embrace change. I love that. Yeah. I really, I, I hope if anybody's out there is listening and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm in this thing that I need a push to get out of. I, I love, I'm completely aligned with that. And it used to be, you know, where people would say, oh, what's Margo doing now? And two things. First of all, it lends to a great amount of experience that you wouldn't get any other way. Mm. Sometimes it lends, it leads to an increased salary because often when you move, you might make a little bit more. But I think the main thing that completely speaks to me that you said is if my values aren't aligned with the leadership I'm working with, or my integrity is challenged every day because of what I'm making or who I'm working with or how people are being treated. I can't, can't sit with that. Yep, I'm, I'm just, I'm, that's just so me through and through. I'm so stubborn like that, but it feels good at the same time. And I've never looked back, honestly. No. Um, they've because always been the best decisions. <laughs> it's true. I, I've, I really think we learn what to do and what not to do along the way. And it's up to us yeah. to take those things in, but those are super valuable lessons. I mean, you know, there are certainly people that I might not have liked their work ethic, but I sure learned what I wanted to do instead. So, yeah, you know, you can take so it either true. way. Yeah, you can, you always learn something. And even in the darkest times of people that I've worked for that have been absolute ogres, I still look back and go, you learned this and you learned that. Yep. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it was hard at the time, but looking back, I can see what I learned and that, that is just so valuable. And, you know, everything we do in life, the mistakes we made, cause God knows I've made a lot. Um, I learn from yeah. them. I become a better person. And it's raised. okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I just think that along with that, a lot of self-kindness has to be implemented yes. to say, well, you know, you messed up, but so do lots of other people when it's okay. I agree. Again, that's such a good point is we just have to give ourselves, uh, you know, grace and, and just remind us, remind us that we're learning as we go at, at the same time. And it's, yeah. it's okay. It really is. It is okay. It's a good thing. It is a good thing. So because of all those, you, you, you're an illustrator, a, a beautiful illustrator. You do just amazing work. I love it. Your patterns and that just the whole fashion thing you could, I, I look at this at your work. Um, I have bronze, uh, Instagram right now up on my screen too. And just there's so many Instagrams and websites that I look at. And then later on, I make a link with that person and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been following her for a long time. So it's really fun to, to see and hear a little bit more about your path. 
You were asking me though, which of the things on my Instagram have been digitally created and what mm-hmm. is real? And some of it you're going to see it's from a mile away. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yes, all real, but digitally created or traditional. Yep. And um, and yeah, I, I, I really feel like I'm going to do a series on my Instagram, which is traditional or digital, because I really, yeah, I love that. I really, yeah, I think that digital is, is progressing so much that that you sometimes can't tell which has been digitally painted, which has been hand painted. I agree. I think there's, that's a whole topic in itself, right. And, and a course and a study and things like that, because it's, it's like many things you, you hear about one, so you do it and you learn it. But as you've been um, telling me, you found something as you alluded to earlier, that's really changed things for you. So, and this is not a, you know, like, this is just something you said, people should know about this. I'd love to tell them about it. Yes. I want more people to know about it because I want more people to talk to about it. So (laughs) I I really want people to start using this, this platform rebel because a lot of people I see are using it in the anime space and in the fine art space. And it's Um, R E B E double L E and it's by a company it. called escape motion. So all That's I did was, was Google it and there there'll be a link to it in the, in the show notes too. Yeah. And I'm not getting paid by them to say any of this. I just love this product. You just love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Yeah. I um. So I don't even know how I discovered it, but I did. And it was just life-changing. I think a lot of people might be more familiar with Corel paint, which mm-hmm. does something quite similar but Rebel is my platform of choice. And yeah, I've been using it for a couple of years now. I, I think it was before I really started getting into watercolor painting. I, in my designs, I would want to have like a watercolor background or, you know, this, that, and the other. And usually, you know, as designers, we jump on Creative Market, which I sell to, which is a fabulous platform, or Shutterstock, and we would get that watercolor image and bring it in. But when I was using it for my own artworks, I felt that it was it wasn't authentically me. If I had yeah. brought in even to use as a texture in an illustration that I've created, it had to be something that I've created. So I, I needed I think to know. That's so important. Yeah, yeah, because I, I know designers that will use a font to create an an sure. illustration that they call their own, and I, I I'm not. I'm not, I don't like that. It has to be my own, even if it's badly done, it's at least it's my own. Mm -hmm. So I found this, this platform and it just, yeah, it creates watercolors, but it's not just a watercolor brush. It's like, it's like you are literally painting and Mm. it drops and bleeds and blends just like real watercolor. And it's, it's just, it's indescribable. Um, And, you know, you can create these wonderfully vivid colors that I guess I, I get frustrated with that I can't create traditionally mm-hmm. so you can create it digitally and it also creates this really seamless workflow between you know your design if you're using it you know to marry with your designs like I did when I was um, working in magazines you know because it works with photoshop and so um, similar you know just the same with with procreate but but it's just it's just procreate on speed and never before have I you know like there's there's one um on my Instagram, there's an illustration of a girl wearing a top. And um, when I look at it, I see, you know, what looks like, you know, like it's bleeding, like watercolor wood. It's, it's just got that opacity. And yeah, that was done digitally. And I don't know that many people could wow. tell. 
yeah, there's like there's we'll granulation and, yes. and paint strokes and hmm. yeah, so it's just amazing. So, so just, tell me like how if you if you're using this, because everybody you've got everybody's attention now. They're like, what is actually they've stopped and they're going to they've gone and looked it up. <laughs> so like how do you first of all, how do you find it? And and then how do you integrate it in? Like what's your process? I'm just curious. Okay. How I found it, I don't know. I um I spend a lot of time. (laughs) Yeah. I spend a lot of time going down rabbit holes on Google. So I start looking for one thing and I end up somewhere else. I might be on YouTube. I'm probably going to say I discovered it on YouTube, watching people creating digital art, because that's, that was what I was really passionate about. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, that's probably how I found it. And then I know that you can, I'm pretty sure that you can go and do a a free download of it, um, a free trial. I will say that it does suck a lot of CPU. Mm. So um, that is that is probably one drawback of it as opposed to an iPad, which you can just pick up and play. Your computer really needs to be beefed up enough mm. to be able to use it. So I was using it probably when it was version three or four and my computer was okay with it. And then when I went to buy a new computer, I made sure that my specs were so high that... Mm. I was always going to be able to future-proof using this this product. That's how important it has become to me in my design process. Um, So, yeah, I kind of started out really basic, um, making watercolour washes. So I would jump into Rebel. You can choose lots of different papers like cold press, hot press. The the paints change depending on what material you choose to use. Mm. Yeah, so that's, that's really exciting. So... My favorite is cold pressed, um, raw aquarelle paper or the digital version of it. And so, yep, you grab a brush, you can change how much water you want to have um, on your pen or your paintbrush. Um, and I, I must say, I'm using a Wacom tablet as well. Like I okay. feel like that's much easier to use. If mm-hmm. you're using a mouse, it's going to be, a, it's possible, but it's going to be a lot harder. I am totally pro Wacom pen tablets um yeah I watched an I watched a demonstration of the oil painting and the that's what he was using a really big Wacom tablet and it looked Mm. amazing just like I mean it felt like it was a canvas because of the yeah and I don't I integration yeah I I don't use the image-based tablet I use the one that you know it's just like a a normal drawing tablet Mm -hmm. um and I know a lot of illustrators use that but for me um I feel more comfortably yeah, I have a lot of like neck and back issues. So for me to better sit mm-hmm. on my Wacom and look at my screen and yeah. not look at what I'm painting is actually how I prefer to work. Perfect. And so that's so different. So my paintings digitally do look different to when I'm painting traditionally because my body position has changed. Mm, interesting. So I, yeah, I get really different outcomes. So literally when I started, I would just do all these beautiful textures of like, you know, watercolor washes for backgrounds. Um, And then because I was selling, at some point I started selling digital illustrations on creative market. I was like, hey, I can make some digital watercolors to sell to other designers. (laughs) (laughs) So I started doing, I started doing that. And, um, and, and that just went a treat on creative market. I was uh, one of my products was picked up by one of their promotional emails. And mm. so I think it's been, um, it's my Cormoretti pattern. So it's just like a watercolor, sh- blobby, abstract shapes. So it's been downloaded like a thousand 
times or licensed wow. to people. And I see it on these products all over the world from oh nappies to, yeah, dog harnesses to book block and um, the UK put it on their prints. And um, who was it in the US? There's a there's a stationery provider and, and they've used it on their notebooks. And so it's, it's just crazy. Wow. Oh and my so, gosh, how yeah. interesting. I mean, that right there. So you used... Rebel for that. And mm-hmm. because you saw that you were, you were using watercolor things from creative market. So you put your own, own on there and that's just a yeah. really interesting, you know, we haven't had a whole lot of discussions on here about things like creative market and, and really what you can get from, from selling your work to a place like that through a place. Yeah. Like and I, so, so for me, I became then passionate about designers and passive income because mm-hmm. I think if there's designers like me that have unused designs because creative market can be used for, you know, um, invite templates and magazine templates. But for me, I created a lot of art for clients that ended up on the cutting room floor, as I like to call it. Right, and I was right. like, why should they sit there being unused and unloved? Like package that crap up. What's well, not crap? Package that art up and go. put it because someone will love it. And so that's Such what I started point. doing. Yeah. How many people out there? Just there's so much art that we have that we either we we don't or we it's it's not chosen. We don't choose to use it or whatever mm-hmm. it is. But when you think about how many products you've seen that piece of of watercolor on. Think of how many people have looked at it or maybe have downloaded. Like there's so much opportunity in that. And think of what you as an artist go and look for or ask if you have a friend I know as a creative director, good grief. I've been on there. I just could could never count how many times I'm looking for just the right thing because I need it right now. And that's that's where I'm going. Totally. And so I feel like I feel like the experiences that I had as a designer working in pre-press and printing places and, you know, having to package things up when you're a designer, you learn all these valuable lessons about, you know, DPI and stuff like that. So all stuff that you can learn that's really basic, but it served me so well in getting these items packaged up for creative market because people needed to know before they buy it, oh, you know, it's going to be you know, however many inches by however many inches at 100% of the size at 300 DPI. Mm-hmm. So there was lots of really valuable stuff. But, um, you know, then, and then I guess I got more savvy and more savvy at Creative Market. And I started seeing all this inspiration of these other people that that use um, beautiful mock-ups to give people the idea of how to use these these mm-hmm. assets because they don't sell unless you show people what can be done with it. And I think I've heard you and Lilla talk about this over and over again, show people what can be done. And uh, so people then buy I what they see. They honestly. Do. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, I have bought so many mock-ups in my life that I think I could have bought a few diamonds with the amount of mock-ups. <laughs> <laughs> so I just like every week I'm on creative market looking for the latest thing in mock-ups. And um yeah, like it's just it's just so much fun. And so seeing your work um, you know, come to life on these products, it's just it's just super cool. And so yeah, you put them out on creative market, and I'm just like, people, you can be making money while you sleep on these amazing, you know, products on creative market, like passive income. Like it became my like spending money that I used to, you know, my little pocket money that I had, and I could buy art, more art with it and support mm-hmm. other artists and Ah, oh, it's just a thing of beauty. And, you know, it's just created so much happiness in my life. Oh, and so, so 
Yeah. Then when Nerida Hansen came along with her Paddenfield app, I'm like, mm-hmm. I am so ready for this. Mm-hmm. I'm so ready. So yeah, life is just, you know, just got a such a funny way of, of, you know, whatever you've done in your life, you know, being able to put these opportunities in front of the you and you just go, yes, I'm all over this. So isn't it amazing and interesting how timing just sort of shows up when you're ready for it? It's yes, really does. It is. It's so funny because I think maybe a couple of years ago, I actually approached Nerida when I was looking for a mentor and I just wanted some feedback about where I was going. I felt confident in, in my illustration, but, you know, I, I just needed some direction or maybe some validation from people within the industry. And Nerida was so lovely. And she was like, oh, I really want to do this. But um, I think it was a portfolio review. But she said, but I'm just really busy at the moment. So I, you know, I just can't help. And little did I know that she was obviously working on Pat and Phil Bat <laughs> all that time ago. So, yeah. So I, I went and um, um, found another lovely, lovely person to have a portfolio review from and that was just you know super helpful and so now all these couple of years later I'm actually Nerida's representing me which is just like a dream come true Mm -hmm. and you know timing it's just all these things have happened and it's just wonderful it really is you know and I just love just learning a little bit about your process or hearing how really we don't give ourselves credit or like the ability to say, it's okay to change. It's okay to try this new idea. This isn't sitting with me well. And I feel like if we can check our gut um, Mm -hmm. and just say, does this feel right? Or do I need to shift? Even when you're drawing something, do I want to be doing, I've done, take birds, for example, I've done so many birds. I love drawing birds, but maybe I really want to try pattern now, or, you know, try a challenge to push myself or try rebel because I just, you know, heard Bron talking about it and I just want to figure it out. It's just those little things that start to make a difference and really just define where we are at any certain time, I think. Yeah. And I think sharing those things with other people is just, it can only be beneficial. Yes. Um, I think it was on the Relish group, which I'm just so grateful to be a part of that someone, um, someone shared, about how to use pattern preview in Photoshop. Oh my goodness, life changing. Mm-hmm. I hadn't been using it. And I'm a pattern designer. I was using really old school methods and I was just, you know, proud of my old school methods. But, you know, being part of a community meant that I learned something and that was just, oh my God, what a great day learning about pattern preview. And so, yeah, I just, I just really want to share because you don't know how much what you love doing is going to impact on someone else and how they work and opportunities that might give them um, and of course, I'm doing it for selfish reasons. I want people to to talk about and to push me, and you know. So I think sharing is just one of the most important things that you can ever possibly do. I agree. I really, I mean, that's really my favorite thing: sharing about other people, sh- sharing people's work. This podcast is all about, you know, introducing um, people to each other, really. And and I've yeah. had I have a lot of uh, people say, "Oh my gosh, I heard myself." in what, who you were talking to today. And mm-hmm. it just helped me make this decision or reach out to this licensing agent or show my work to somebody or realize I'm not by myself or whatever that might be. And I just, I think that's a little bit of what you're saying too, is, is look, you're, you're, you're working on your own in your studio, but look at all these things that are happening because of it. Yeah, I think so. And I think that 
the most important thing that I've learned through all the podcasts that I listen to, because I consume a lot of podcasts. I sit in my office all by myself all day, every day. And I love to have, you know, just people talking that I can listen to and not have to engage with sometimes. That's really great. All those podcast people are saying, just keep showing up. And so that I think is the most important thing that I've ever heard. And so having these podcasts is just affirmation that, you know, you do have to keep showing up. But in my life, I feel like one of the most important things that I've ever done for myself is put it out there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've had great success, you know, and this is where a lot of people on, you know, talking about LinkedIn and how it's really helpful and positive. Mm-hmm. I, I needed design clients. I quit my job just after the biggest lockdown in New Zealand um, after mm-hmm. COVID. What a stupid time to quit your job, <laughs> people would say. But <laughs> a no, it was really, <laughs> a little challenging. But I put it out there, not just to the universe, but to LinkedIn and said, hey, friends, I'm looking for work. Um, you know, the social community came through and I've been working freelancing now for coming up a year and a half and I've never looked back and the day that I put it out to the universe and LinkedIn hey I'm ready to find an art agent I got Mm. signed by an agency that day funnily enough not through that LinkedIn post but you know you know like putting it out there to the universe just becomes so important I think I do and I I know I might sound like a broken record with this, but I really think when you do, when you start to claim those spaces and say it out Mm. loud, even if it's to yourself, you know, put it on a sticky note or whatever, it's amazing. The doors that start to open are the things that start to align. It, it really makes a difference. And you must see that so much, even with your mats courses, because Mm -hmm. you know what I love, I was listening to um, Lila the other day promoting her courses. And of course you're obviously one of the lovely teachers, Um, but she was talking about um, you don't have to be a great artist. And I think that's the most important thing. People always want to wait till I get a little bit better. Mm -mm. And it's just, you know, there's always, it doesn't matter how on top of your game you are, there's always going to be someone that you think is better than you or more accomplished or whatever. Embrace you. Like, you know, I'm a pretty basic person. And maybe I lend, that means that I lend myself more to abstract painting than, you know, photorealistic portraits. That's totally fine because there totally is a space for that. And there is so much space. Yeah. I mean, we, each of us bring to whatever we're doing our own story. So even, even if I had a twin and we had the very same job, there's going to be something that one of us took in differently along the way that's going to make the outcome different. So when you think how different we are than anybody else in any class, and you've had the jobs you've had, you've had the mentors you've had, you have the favorite color you like to pick up, the favorite pen or brush or whatever it is, it's going to make you different. And certainly we gain things from each other, but don't wait for goodness sakes, because guess what these courses are? They're learning a place to learn and they're a place to gain friends and support. I think more than anything, I love how people come together in these courses and as, as you're learning something new. And I think, you know, just you talking about rebel today. Um, I can't wait to play now. Can you do it on an iPad or is it really computer? No. So you can't do it on an iPad. Um, So I bought my iPad thinking that I could. Uh (laughs) I didn't do my research. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I had Procreate um, and that that was okay. Um, But yes, it works on a desktop. Um, 
But then what I recently did is I bought a Surface Pro. And so it works on a Surface Pro. It has Mm -hmm. to be kind of up-spec model. So Mm -hmm. an entry-level one probably isn't going to do it. So if you are serious about it, do your research, check the specs and or ask me which which one I bought because mine works pretty well on it yeah um and so that means that I can do my watercolor in bed so I like to have options so I'm sitting in bed I've got my iPad I've got my laptop I've got my Surface Pro I've got my phone um and so yeah if I if I don't feel like getting out of bed and going to the studio and setting up my watercolors um then I don't have to I can do it in bed or sometimes I want that tactile feel Mm. I do my traditional method. So having options Perfect. is just amazing. Plus you can probably, you know, do a background um, in Rebel and bring it into Procreate and do something else with it. Yeah, I think I think if I ever bring it into Procreate, I'm using it, I think I have to export it as a TIFF. And mm-hmm. so I think you can save, I think you can save Rebel as a TIFF. Sometimes there's little glitchy, funny things that happen. Um, so my process that I've found to be best is I export it to a Photoshop and I might have, might have done like five different layers of different colored washes. And then sure. I just export those layers. I can export them to whatever platform I want and then bring them into, to procreate. Um, so yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty seamless. Like I'm, I'm used to chopping and changing and mm-hmm. incorporating lots of different programs. So it never bothers me to be across different platforms, um, yeah. Well, the, the cool, the best sounding thing about Rebel is that you can get techniques to flow through your pen and your computer that you can't get any other way. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's instant. So um, I, I guess it frustrates me sometimes that, you know, with traditional painting, I have to let it dry and then I either scan or photograph it and then I clear cut mm. it. So it's quite a process, although it's a cathartic process. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't always have time for it. And so, mm-hmm. Yeah, using Rebel as a shortcut sometimes is a pretty darn good shortcut. That's such good information. I can't wait. I, as I mentioned, I watched a few um, tutorials and I was just oh, so delicious. Yeah. And there's just not enough. There's not enough tutorials online. So again, people yeah. use Rebel. Well, and now, like you were saying, I think the more people that use it, the more they'll listen to what those people wish it would do or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think I'm, I swear that I'm the only person that I know of using Rebel for surface pattern design. Um, but I, I just want there to be more. And I, I just love that the lines are blurred between traditional and digital. I love that. Yeah, I really do too. And I think I just, I love hearing about new things and, you know, I, we can, people will listen to this in the future and say, oh my gosh, she was talking about that way before we, (laughs) we did it. So there you go. That's wonderful. What are you looking forward to that's happening for you? Well, working with Nerida. Yeah, that's so great. That is such a good fit. Yeah. But terrifying, but exciting, (laughs) but terrifying. (laughs) You can do it. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm, uh, I guess it's, it's just this weird transitional time for me. I'm, you know, I've got my design over the last year and a bit, I've got that down to working 20 hours in design and, you know, trying to leave time for illustration. So I'm just, you know, just really want to be more immersed in that illustration surface pattern design space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had to work really hard to get that to happen. And with the support of my wonderful partner who has seen how my brain operates and given me budgets to achieve. Nice. <laughs> so I meet my budget. Yeah, make my budget, smash my budgets. And, you know, so that 
financially I'm looked after so I can build up this illustration space. So next year, I'm hoping that I just have more time to spend in this illustration surface pattern design space and just be prolific. It's all I want to do is just be immersed to just create, 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 mm. and just, and just not be afraid to let it lead me where I want to go. I, I buck the trend when it comes to being cohesive. So um, I was so interested in what Nerida had to say about my, um, how do I describe it? Eclectic, you know, sort of mix of illustration and styles of illustration that I do. And bless her, she's just like, oh, it's fine. Uh, you bring it all together with your branding, which makes it cohesive. And so that's kind of given me the permission to be curious about, you know, different mediums and things that I want to try out and allow it to happen because mm -hmm. I think it only helps me grow. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just excited to just learn new techniques, to learn new things. Um, yeah, just, just be immersed in the beauty of all of it. I think that's fantastic. And you're, you're laying out your path quite well. I think, you know, you brought up a really, uh, a point that's one of my favorites and Nerd I know, uh, and I see eye to eye on this one is don't limit your, what you're showing people just because you think it's on trend or you saw somebody else just doing that. I mean, I think showing what you do, the range of what you can do, styles, lettering, textures, watercolor, what, you know, clay, even whatever it mm. is, you never know what, what's going to speak to that person that's looking at your portfolio. So, and really, I think the main thing is, do you like doing it? If you don't like doing it, don't put it in there. If you like yeah. doing it, put it in there. Exactly. And it's really interesting. The point, you know, you talk about, you just said, and this is something that this is probably one of my biggest struggles is things that are on trend or, or doing things because it looks good on your Instagram feed. And I struggle with this on a daily basis because my, what I do is all over the place and it doesn't necessarily work cohesively. And I get so mad and I think, why am I restraining myself? Because Instagram tells me I have to niche because Instagram tells me it has to look this way or you're not going to get followers. And I'm just like, why am I doing this just to get followers? And so I have this love hate relationship with Instagram that Pinterest doesn't give me because Pinterest is like anything goes more than right. Instagram is like, you just have to do the same thing over and over again to be successful. I don't, I don't want that. If success means that I have to pin myself into doing the same things repeatedly, I'll go mad. And so I don't want that. That is not success for me. So if I don't have many followers because Instagram doesn't believe in me, then that's fine. The people that want to find me will or need yes. to find me will. I think it's and, about um, being yourself really totally yeah and so so I do kind of tie myself up in knots around that and mm -hmm. another thing that You're really the only one. oh good that's good to know <laughs> the other thing that gets me is that when I do see trends and I'm so motivated motivated oh, sorry motivated by it I um it also terrifies me because there might be so me and my daughter talk about this a lot and it's the appropriation versus inspiration discussion and so when I see people and it might be so like the pink tiger. I'm just going to use that as an example. And we see that and people are doing it. Maybe they're drawing it in their way. But I will just feel so scared that I'm going to copy somebody else that I yeah. don't do it. I hear you. Mm -hmm. oh, and that just ties me up in knots. I'm so fearful that someone's going to say, oh, you're copying so-and-so or, you know. And, 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 I, and then also I see people that might be doing Matisse style mm -hmm. art 
yeah. on Instagram and they're following somebody and they're like, oh, you copied so-and-so and it's just like, excuse <laughs> me, they were inspired by Matisse. Do you not know who Matisse, do your art history, please do your research. This person didn't invent this. Like it's, oh, oh my no. goodness, I get so like passionate about it. Where do we think this is coming from in the first place? It's yeah, not, yeah. It's, so um, yeah. I always try to be really, if I'm inspired by something, I really try and put on my Instagram where this was inspired by, you know, I've traveled, I went to this museum, I saw this mm-hmm. artist, it inspired me, this is my take on it. Because yeah. it's nothing new with artists um, referencing other artists. That is so right. common practice, but somewhere along the line, it's been blurred with copywriting and authentication, uh, uh, sorry, um, appropriation. Mm-hmm. And I think there needs to be a lot more discussions about it. But but I definitely know as an artist and wanting to be true to my authenticity that it scares the heck out of me and scares me from not creating. And so I'm always like, what is the answer to that question? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know it's, that there is one. It's a big one, though, because we see those things. We like them. We're inspired by something we see and we want to try our hands at it. But then you do. It's that voice. because It's because I think. Well, one of the reasons is we're seeing is because we're seeing it, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we have images put in front of us all the time. And, and we've heard those stories of somebody being challenged for something that, that looked too much like somebody else's when they had never seen it before. It's just kind of what the, the combined design force is seeing. So um, I think, again, the main thing is, is this done in your way? Is this mm. done with your hand and your ideas behind it and then then it's yours yeah yeah I and, think and if you're it i yeah. mean if you're looking at somebody else's and doing it we we all know that that's not what i'm talking about <laughs> don't do that uh but i just need to do that if you want to i i heard um i think it was uh jessica heesh mm-hmm. talked mm-hmm. about it and she was just like i am totally on board with you uh trying on someone else's style. Mm-hmm. Um, I am okay with you finding out, you know, experimenting with that style, how it looks on you, where you take that. Just yep. don't pass it off as your own. There's right, a big difference exactly. because for me, I, was, I wasn't I was taught. I haven't been to university. I'm completely self-taught. So the only way that I've learned is by replicating what others have done, trying to figure out how they've created it. Mm-hmm. And what I've just had to learn is, that's fine, but you need to let people know if you're going to right. publish that. I tried to do something like this person because I was trying to learn. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's, that's I think that's totally fine. Because learning is a lot about looking at other things. And it's, and yeah. like you said, it's about being consistent. It's about doing it consistently. And we might look at somebody, how somebody combines a color or makes a brushstroke or does that letter or gosh, I love how that, you know, letter L has this loop to it. I'm going to try a loop, but again, say where you're, where it's coming from. And then if you continue to practice again and again, you're taking it to your own place. And that, that feels. I totally agree. Yeah. That's how it's got to work. And I know that when I'm collecting mood boards um, or color palettes and things like that, so I'm, you know, I get all this stuff together and what I create is, (laughs) because I'm not very good a lot of the time, is never going to look remotely like what someone else created. It might be the inspiration or the starting point, but so often it's not where you end up is 
you can't often see this relationship between the inspiration and and where you've landed. Um, Have you ever tried the yeah. challenge, uh, draw it your way or do it yes, your way? Mm-hmm. I've, when I say yes, I've looked at it and been interested by it, but I haven't quite done it myself. I am. Um, Oh my gosh, I get so interested in so many things and I just, I feel like I have a limited, limited time and I have to be so strict with it because, you know, I have to exercise, spend time with my family and look after my mental health and earn a living. And then at the very end is all the things I want to do. And so it gets squeezed into this tiny amount of time and not much can always happen there. So I look at all these things and wish I had the time to do it, but I, I just don't. But I love that concept. I love that idea. Yeah. It's, it's kind of what we're talking about, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. I just love all this information. This is a juicy conversation. Thank you so much. (laughs) I love it. I, um, we will have all the places that people can find you. Um, the curious illustrator.co is your website Yes. and the curious illustrator underscore NZ for, for Instagram, but that'll be in the show notes. And as I do, I would love to know who's inspiring you these days. Oh, on any given day, there's probably 10 billion people. <laughs> you know, is that song by Hosier, I fall in love just mm-hmm. a little bit every day. That is me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I get obsessed with people in the nicest possible way. And I just go down rabbit holes because I'm so interested in finding out everything about them. And Great. so, yeah, I'm just going to talk about three though. Um, so the first is Evie Kemp and she's one of these fantastic New Zealand women that I met at a market and was just like, oh my God, it's Evie Kemp. And she is this beautiful illustrator. So she's traditionally taught, she went through art schools and um, she's kind of, she's got this beautiful illustrative style that's just very loose and whimsical, but she has just, I've just loved watching her journey. So she kind of, moved into the influencer space and so um, she'll show up in all these different ways promoting you know products or this that and the other but she puts her spin on it like she'll work with a fashion designer you know and create like beautiful surf and pad- surface pattern designs that go on this art or oh, I don't know she does so many amazing things Evie Kemp people you have to look her up um, I, that link all the links will be in the show notes too I did look her up and oh my gosh she's so colorful too she's so <gasps> confident so in pattern is. mixing and yes. oh gosh so she's just so inspirational so like I I sit on the fence between loving maximalism and loving minimalism so my house <laughs> is completely minimal my office is completely maximal there's plants <laughs> there's color and and you know you've my design is actually quite minimal, but it's starting yeah. to change and evolve. And so my illustrations are becoming more and more bold as I, you know, take influence from these people and be inspired by them and um, overcome my fear of colour. And so that's been a process that I've been working through in my personal life. Um, but So Evie does that so well. So she's put out a book on, um, Interior's book on creating a maximalist um, home and it's and it's just she's just such an inspiration I love her and she's a gorgeous gorgeous person as well mm, she um, looks delicious yeah sure. she just is and along the same veins but completely the other side of the world is Kit Kemp um I love they have the same last name oh so maybe Kit's oh. name is not Kit Kemp well it's- I look I looked up a Kit Kemp and there is one and she's a designer uh, oh my god it's I never noticed that <laughs> yeah no how that is weird (laughs) it's the kemp sisters uh, separated at birth 
Pretty Isn't that much. wild? So yes, the the second one was Kit Kemp, and it, if if it's who I found, she's a designer as well. Yes, and like totally, you know, I was thinking about when I was younger and used to renovate houses, and I used to just be a mag. I just bought magazines like I was an addict, and I the pages that made me stop were. Do you remember the Design um, Designers Guild? Oh yes, absolutely. So that aesthetic, Trisha Guild, yeah. Yes. So that aesthetic has just really stuck with me through my mm-hmm. life as something that I've loved, but I've never, I've never, I've loved it, but I've never put it in my house. I've never, I don't know. I don't know why. Um, but I've just loved it. And so, so when I found Kit Kemp, I was just like, no wonder I'm so attracted to her. She's got that total designer's guild vibe, doesn't she? Yeah, you know, she does. Yeah. She's got some clever colors. ideas. Yeah. And so that is just giving me spades of illustration. I mean, not, I mean, inspiration. And so, yeah, like I love that they're both designer. I mean, like do interiors as well. I mean, they, they don't just stop with here's what I'm illustrating or something. And why should you? Exactly. (laughs) Please don't stop there. But they're, they've boldly taken it way beyond. And they're, they're two really uh, people I didn't know about before. Before oh, I talk really? To oh, well, I'm so glad there you to go. introduce them to those Kemp girls. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and the last two I take credit for, my own beautiful daughters, um, Bex and Paige. They just, you know, being a woman in this world is, is pretty hard. Mm-hmm. And they both, you know, they both navigate it in their own ways. And they just amaze me every day with their resilience, with their creativity. Um, my eldest daughter lives in London. She's so brave. Um, and you know, she's written like three books and, um, she just, she's an advocate for artists and I just, I love that. And, uh, oh, they're just, you know, I just, I love them so much and yeah, they're my, they're my bestest friends, my bestest buddies. And, you know, we all just love doing creative stuff together and going to galleries and traveling. We all, we traveled, we did this beautiful trip in London a couple of years ago, just before COVID hit. And yeah, it was just magical. And yeah. Ah, that's so great. That is, that's (laughs) good job, mama. Oh, yeah. thanks. it's, it's the, it's those that creative or excuse me, those that inspire us really in any way that to me, it's just a little spark to get us started on that next thought or that next drawing or just wherever it may lead. So thanks for being yeah. one of those people. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. It's wonderful. Well, I really appreciate you being here and you shared some really juicy things today. So, oh my that's gosh, a lot of I feel so sorry for your listeners listening to me like, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Let us know when more and more people are on rebel and we can, yes. we can share what's I'm going to, I'm going to put a post in the relish community. There should be more people joining that as well. So we have more and more friends to share with. So I'm just going to keep having that conversation with people and, you know, being the advocate for rebel that I am. (laughs) Perfect. Well, we'll have a, I have a link for that as well. So there's lots of things for you to think about today. And just if you're listening, like Bron says, just don't be afraid to put it out there. That's it for this episode of Windowsill Chats. Thanks so much for being here with me. It's just so great to be able to bring you these conversations with the fantastic people and wonderful friends that I've met and made along the way. Make sure you subscribe to Windowsill Chats on your favorite podcast app and please share it with a friend. 
And if this episode spoke to you, I'd really appreciate it if you would also leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can just go to the bottom of the episode you've just listened to and it'll let you leave a review. If you have any questions or want to check out more details or inspiration that we talked about, head over to the show notes at windowsillchats.com or tantostudio.com. They'll both take you to the same place. I can't wait to share more stories with you again next week. I value your time and I absolutely believe in your potential. Have a great one, everyone, and stay creatively curious.